on this episode of Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast from Scoop News Group. Making sure everyone is engaged in the importance of data. Really the philosophy of data democratization is to really make sure that each individual on the campus has some level of either awareness, depending on your role, or actual engagement with the, the data in a way that's going to add value back. This is Ed Scoop's Cutting Edge Podcast. Every other Tuesday, we dive deep with decision makers on what's next in higher ed IT and online learning. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening across the community. Google's philanthropic arm will invest $3 million in funding over the next three years in a University of Texas at Austin computer science education initiative. The funding will go to the university's Expanding Computing Education Pathways Alliance, which works with nearly half of all U.S. states on reports, plans, and dashboards about computer science education. Yale University's CIO is being promoted to be campus-wide vice president of IT. John Barden assumes the role and will now serve as one of University President Peter Solovey's top advisors. The California State University system has a new CIO. Ed Clark will take over the role, which has been vacant since the departure of Michael Berman earlier this year. Clark comes from the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota. He'll now be responsible for several enterprise-shared systems, as well as IT leadership across the system. You can find all these stories and more on edscoop.com and in today's show notes. The Georgia Institute of Technology is making data a central piece of university operations. Headquartered in Atlanta, the university is focusing on using several different data sets and sources to tackle some challenges and integrate them into the university's solutions as well. Darren Hubbard, the university CIO, tells me how he's working to align policy and technology to make it happen. So right now, we are heavily involved in support of the the Institute's overall strategic plan. And one of the things that we are... uh, pretty much leading uh, is called data excellence. And so it is a a pretty broad uh, ranging initiative that focuses on both sort of using data as a strategic asset, but also focusing a little bit of attention on its security and its really applicability to uh, institute problems and and really helping it to become part of the Institute's solutions as well. And so we've got a pretty broad uh, group uh, assembled to to really kind of manage it. We are, um, I think, working in in an interesting way in that we are both leveraging the technology, but also sort of policy and really working with the community to get them engaged around sort of a strategic practice around the use of data, the security of data, and, and really sort of the uh, overall integration of data into how we operate and, and what we do as, a, as an institution, as a university. Uh, and so it's pretty broad and, and um, pretty exciting as well. Yeah, that's let, let's go into that a little bit. I mean, you know, data is a is a top priority for for so many CIOs uh, across universities. When you talk about you know data excellence, you know that's a um, it, I, I love words that have intention, right? And I think that 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 ha- there's a lot of intention behind that. So tell me a little bit more about sort of the the theory, the strategy behind how you're approaching data excellence, and what does that mean for for your users? What does that mean for your team? Sure. So I think at its core, we, we like to talk about, uh, I call it data democratization. And so really this, the concept that 
it is all data that we both uh, create through the transactions that happen on our campus or that we are actively uh, sort of a part of in terms of, you know, sort of HR data and, and student data. Um, but even beyond that, it, it really comes down to the fact that if we are not aware of, of what we are doing and how it progresses through time, through intervention, through other activities, we won't be able to make good decisions going forward. And so part of the, that overall strategy and, and really the philosophy of data democratization is to really make sure that each individual on the campus has some level of either awareness, depending on your role, or actual engagement with the, the data in a way that's going to add value back to their purpose and their focus uh, here in this organization. And so um, that, as you can imagine, kind of happens on multiple levels. From a student perspective, let's say, it's really the knowledge that the institution is going to use the data that students generate and, and the students, both in the present and in our you know, sort of recent past, to maybe help them to uh, have a little bit better insight as to what programs, what configurations of courses, that sort of thing that we learn through time, through analysis, that can potentially help them out. The other piece is to have, keep them informed of their own just basic academic progress and the options that they have to fulfill their academic missions, you know, their per, you know, individual missions. Um, and it's, it's interesting to think about the fact that data plays a big role in that. So for example, as a student, you may know that, okay, I have this interest in these, this particular course of study, and I am looking to get, uh, you know, eventually a career and, and you know, have some sort of career goal. In order to get there, you got to do some basic things like register for classes and, and start to study for those classes once you get in them and, and really participate, actively engage, maybe do some extracurricular activities as well, uh, all in an effort to get to that eventual goal. And so from a data perspective, we have to make sure that we've got good information around what classes we need to have available when they're available so that they are open to those students on the correct in the correct timing and in the correct sequencing so that they can register for them and so that their end goal to that career isn't thwarted by not being able to register for a particular class in a particular term and so that's sort of how we try to think about you know sort of those big ticket things from individual stakeholder perspectives and then really drive home the value that we have to provide to you know what does this look like on a day-to-day -day operational standpoint because at the end of the day we really do have to uh, ensure that operationally Georgia Tech is able to meet the expectations of all of its stakeholders and so from a data perspective for a student that means making sure we know how many people we have enrolled how many people are anticipating to take classes in particular classes and make sure that those seats are available when they need to register for them so you know we can go on multiple different use cases, different stakeholder perspectives, but I think that kind of sums it up in, in the way that we're thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, we one of the things that as long as I've been covering higher ed, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of how for a traditional like IT focused CIO, the concept of something like student success is kind of kind of a little bit askew from what you're what you're maybe bringing into the role with it with, you know, with IT backgrounds. Um, and, you know, I think you really hit the nail on the head there by talking about how 
the the approach that you're taking to data not only creates a better student experience for that student in terms of you know being able to you know proactively give them the information that they need about what they need to do to get that goal done but it also you know works at the institutional level to say okay here you know we know we have to have this class open this semester because this is when these people need to take it in order to get stuff done and so i think that's that sort of segues really well into sort of that broader question of beyond just data um you know, how are you sort of in that CIO chair really trying to queue up and, and provide some of those opportunities for student success? And and what are the, you know, what's the sort of the infrastructure that you need to get that done? Sure, that's, that's a great question. Um, and I, I think at the really at a high level answering that question, I, I would say that for me and in, in the way that I approach this role and the responsibilities assigned to it is that, you know, you, you can think about it as being technology focused, but really at its core, it's not, it's people focused. And those people are literally everyone who has some role or stake or uh, expectation of the institution that you support. Um, really just keeping it very basic. You know, we provide and support IT infrastructure for an education institution, some place that is, its mission is to create knowledge it's to expand horizons of, of young people um, or a lot, you know, whomever it is that it's trying to provide some education to, it's to advance research and knowledge. And so in that, those are all human activities. That's human endeavor. That is, that is you know, human impact for the greater good for, for all of humanity. And so in thinking about, okay, well, what do you need to do? What sorts of tools do you need to bring to bear in order to assist that? You know, it's going to be different depending on the, the, people with the constituents you're, you're working with. And so from my perspective, we always try to lead with, okay, well, what is trying to be done? What's trying to be accomplished first? And then sort of flex and flow uh, from there. And so when you talk about student success, you know, there's multiple perspectives, but at the end of the day, it is always gonna be about what does the student need to be successful? How is the institution either supporting that or getting in the way of that, or you know, being a roadblock to it and a hindrance to, and how can I use and suggest and support and create sometimes technology that's going to support that overall mission for that student to you know to start, progress through, acquire some knowledge and, and understanding, and then move on to the next phase of, of their life and their um, you know to get closer to their their dreams that they they started with. Uh, and so for me, it's, it's really about understanding what that student journey is and then understanding what I need to do and provide and make available for the partners that I work with on campus uh, to help facilitate their role in it as well. So you can start it from the first time a student engages with an institution. It could be in, you know, from a recruitment standpoint. So the, the, the IT needs from a recruitment standpoint are about getting, you know, the names and making sure that we got you know, correct mailing addresses and that there's some record of the contacts that we've made with that individual so that when we engage with them in subsequent uh, encounters, we do it from a position of knowledge and not wonder, you know, so, you know, you talk about CRM systems being in place there. And so that progresses to enrollment, making sure that we, you know, engage with them around, have we received your deposit? Have we signed you up for housing? Have we done all those necessary things that are going to facilitate you having a great experience 
you know, taking classes and, you know, matriculating and, and eventually graduating from us. And then as their student, it's about the advising and the, the, the support that the student receives through their time. It could be from a purely academic standpoint, but it could also be, and, and oftentimes it is from a social standpoint in terms of the clubs and, and different uh, extracurricular activities that a student engages in, or it could be from a financial standpoint of, you know, if you are receiving student aid or you have to work out, uh, you know, sort of plans or, or payment structures with the bursar, whatever that may be, there are going to be multiple uh, technology touch points that we need to really engage with our partners on campus to provide and to support and make sure from the student perspective, at least, that it's a seamless uh, experience. And so I feel like part of our goal and our job is to maintain a student success mindset, because if that's where the bulk of our operational revenue comes from, I mean, that's our business. You know, it's not, we're not in the bank or we're, we're not making cell phones or, or, you know, cutlery or anything else. We are, we are producing uh, educated individuals out in the world. And so we need to be focused on what does it take to, to ensure that that happens and that happens smoothly uh, from their perspective. So, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like that's the core part of my, my role. Um, in addition to, and, and really it's funny, in addition to the whole ERP and all that, because the ERP, if you think about it, is really designed to provide uh, infrastructure and continuity so that that student experience actually can happen. And so I, I try to think about it in that way. You know, that's such an interesting, I feel like it's such an interesting focus at this moment in time, uh, given, you know, a couple of years ago, the big focus was sort of on apps and, and you know, digital services. And, and now I feel like there's maybe more, not pressure, but maybe more emphasis on the back office side to like have the systems to seamlessly make this stuff work in a way that that the students uh, and and in some ways the faculty and staff also sort of don't see the the seam lines right. It's sort of a, a clear experience. What's that been like for you, sort of approaching that mindset? It it's been um, it's been kind of exciting. I won't be honest and say because it really does present to you the really kind of the convergence of what we have been experienced as consumers in just our overall marketplace to you know, what we're doing and setting the expectation and meeting the expectation that our um, you know, constituents are you know, sort of placing on us in, in the sense that as a student, you, know, you, you wake up and you've got choices, options, you are doing a lot in a mobile environment and so you expect, um, you, you expect for everything that you do to have some level of, uh, you know, fidelity with your, you know, sort of your world where it, where it takes place. And so it's not unusual for a student to come to a campus and expect to be able to do a lot from their phone because everything else that they do is from their phone. And I think for a long time, higher ed sort of was resistant uh, and, you know, to varying degrees, resistant to this sort of just complete cutover uh, because, you know, it's like, ah, well, you know, they're only going to be here for a short time. Like, it's so expensive to do this stuff. You know, we, we can just wait it out. Uh, I think the pandemic taught us that, you know, individuals 
go for uh, you know sort of high value, high fidelity experiences. And when that experience can't meet expectations, they're like, I'm I'm doing something else. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I think that that type of competitive pressure, but also just the fact that if you can think about things from their perspective and really um, embody, you know, their expectations, it then starts to become a lot easier to make that leap to say, yeah, we do have to upgrade our services. Like this is untenable because I mean, you got your own expectations. You know, I can't tell you how many times where you, where I've actually experienced like, wow, this app for this thing really stinks or it's really great. Like this, this is a, uh, a competitive advantage that this service, one service has over another and how easy it is for me to in, engage and interact with it. Likewise, I have to be that sensitive on my institution as well. Like I have to make sure that the friction uh, that someone, a student encounters or a parent encounters is as low as possible. And I'll be the first to admit that it is, all, you know, we are sometimes leaders, sometimes we are like just trying to keep up. Other times, you know, we, we, we tend to have challenges and we, you know, we try to rise to the challenge as best we can, but it's, it's something that I'm aware of and I keep my team aware of that, you know, individuals have choices. We are an institution that is growing in, in terms of its enrollment, but even within that, there are still choices that uh, students are actively making whether to attend or not. And so we need to be sensitive to not have the uh, digital experience be something that becomes a detraction from, you know, like a minus when they're looking at, you know, their choices for pursuing their education. So yeah, it's, uh, this moment in time is, is really interesting. It's dynamic. It's, it's definitely full of both challenge, but also I think opportunity and, you know, just being able to identify where you got the, the best opportunity to, to really lean in and, and, and be exemplar. That's where, you know, we, uh, we, we faced kind of the most, um, a friend of mine used to say skull sweat, <laughs> trying to figure out like which, which, which thing do we focus on? Because you can't, uh, you know, you can't be everywhere sometimes. And so you really do have to pick and choose. And sort of, you know, in, in, I want to keep that same spirit uh, here for the, sort of like our, our last question to, to wrap it up. But like, you know, you, you mentioned the, what the pandemic taught you, you're sort of talking about this moment in time in higher ed now. Uh, what, how does that, how does those two things or, and everything really that we've talked about so far, I mean, how does that inform how you're looking at the next, you know, the next strategic plan, the next effort, the next initiative, uh, you know, what's, I, I don't necessarily need you to say like what you think is coming, but, but how are you, what's your headspace like when you're going into that? So I think the headspace that we're in, um, right now is one of flexibility and agility. You know, we do have to be able to respond to challenges that are both known and unknown. Uh, we also need to be able to adapt relatively quickly to, uh, you know, sort of changes, complete changes in paradigm. For example, you've got uh, before, let's say in the before times, BC, before COVID, we had organizations, you know, student support organizations that were open, basically business hours, 830 to 5. You know, and, and it was a rare thing where you do something where you, you have, you know, extended hours. The pandemic sort of flipped that. So if you weren't necessarily open from a uh, walk in the door standpoint, you know, and you were open, you had some remote hours because you had, or you had some evening hours because you had employees who were remote, 
you know, once students see that flexibility, they don't want it to go away. And so then in this, you know, post pandemic setup, we have to really sort of as an organization be able to facilitate that. Like that's a, that's a, a change in the way that we have to deliver services that was definitely a, a break in a, a dramatic shift from where we were, you know, literally just 24 months ago. And so in that headspace, you have to be thinking really aggressively and intentionally about, okay, well, how can I extend my service footprint without necessarily extending my cost? Because again, we have to be affordable for, for individuals to, to continue their educations here. And so we can't hire, you know, where we have one person supporting a particular service, we can't say, okay, well, now since we have to do this 12 hours a day or, or 15 hours a day, and now I need two people, we have to figure out how to extend the resource that we have in a flexible way that meets the expectation of the student. And so enter technology to kind of help out there. And so, yeah, we may be deploying things like chat or, or robot process automation to help with sort of that back-end work so that we can deploy, you know, our human talent in more effective and, and I'll just say cost-effective ways where they're going to add the most value. So it's, it's being able to think about those expectations and really quickly translate them into, okay, how can I do this that meets their needs, but without blowing our cost model, you know, completely out of whack because, you know, the, this, the cost pressures on higher education are not going away. They are going to increase. And so we have to always be mindful of, you know, the investment that our communities place in us and then the value that students are able to receive uh, once they attend. And so trying to keep all that in mind, current in, in your mind, uh, in, in your headspace to be able to really uh, impact and make a difference is, is where I'm at. And I think a lot of my colleagues are in that same, same place. Darren Hubbard, CIO of Georgia Tech University. You can read more about him and data at edscoop.com. There are also links in today's show notes. The Cutting Edge Podcast is available at cuttingedgepodcast.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. This show is a product of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help make it happen, and the entire team contributes. Until next time, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.